And well, good morning, everybody. We're having a great morning so far. I'm having a great morning. What about you? Yeah, loving it? Okay, you may take your seats. If we haven't met before, my name's Michelle. So great to be able to um, come and gather this morning. Welcome to everybody online. If it's morning, is it lunch, is it evening? It doesn't matter. So great to be able to connect with you also this morning. Um, It is just great to be able to see Imagine Conference is coming, people. Um, If you have not been a part of that last year or the previous years, it is just an incredible weekend. You just talk to your neighbour next door to you, whoever's been before, and it is just one of those things that we do as a church where um, something incredible happens over those moments where you intentionally say, I'm going to be a part of that weekend where God shows up through the youngest of child to the oldest of person in the room and is just an incredible weekend. So I cannot talk more highly about that. If you haven't been there before, mark it in your calendar now, get in the room. It's just going to be an incredible time. But this morning, i um, love to just share from Ephesians um, this morning. And, and as we're doing that, I was reflecting on a time where we took the family on a holiday. We can start talking about holidays now because people are up and about and going on holidays. So it's not cruel to talk about, you know, these amazing things that we can do, but we're all locked down. But um, it was some years ago, um, Jacob was 11, he's now much older, he's 25, Um, Chantel was 10 and our Ben was five years old and we went to the US, so we went to Disney World and um, we all um, were loving that and we bought the, you know, the multi-day pass that you buy so you can't take it all in in one day, so you have to have multiple days, to be honest, the last day off it. Me and Chantel had enough and we're like, we're going to the DFO. There's only so much we can have. I think we were there for three weeks, Disney World. There was many things to see. Um, On the last day, I'd really need to see the shops, but... And so we took off there. But anyhow, we're in Disney World and um, we were going along and just having a look and on the rides and whatnot. And Chantel had, um, she's the adventurous one of the family. She had seen this incredible, crazy roller coaster ride when she's like, oh, I want to go on that ride. And we're like, okay. And so then she goes off um, to the ride and there's a height restriction. So she's 10 years old and she was centimetres short of being able to be allowed to go on this ride and so we went about our day and we enjoyed the and Disney World and everything that we were doing that day went back to our hotel and then the next day um, a miracle had happened and she was now tall enough to go on the ride she had um, in her mind said nothing to us at all said not a word had gone back to the hotel we had bought her some of those heelys you know with the wheels on them the shoes and they had got the wheels and you scoot, scoot around all over the place. She had gone to back to the hotel. She had put on these shoes, got her the height requirement, and now she's able to go on the ride. Um, I don't know how that goes with safety aspects, but anyhow, she's now um, allowed to go on the ride, of which then we're all lined up there, and I feel like all the boys took one step back and I was left there. I'm like, okay, someone's got to go on with this kid. So then we, yes, it was me, I went on the, on the ride with her, and um, being the adventurous child, you can't just leave her to go on there herself. So I went on the ride with her, and it was all fun and good and crazy, and I probably was not going to do that again. But it was good at the time. So the boys, they're like, they're not asking Chantel how was it because she loves these things. They're asking me like, how was the ride? What was it? I'm like, yeah, it was good. It was great. No problem at all. And they're like, okay. Then Jeff and Jacob also went on the ride afterwards. But there was one reason and one reason only. 
I chose to go on that ride. And that was to be able to be a partner with my daughter in her adventurous ride. This morning, there are all kinds of reasons that we do things. For me, like honestly, if Chantel wasn't part of our family, we would have scooted straight past that ride and not done it. Um, all four of us, we wouldn't have blinked an eyelid at it. But there was a reason why I did that. And I did that to be able to support her in that. But there are all kinds of reasons why we do things. There are all kinds of things that happen in our lives and in our worlds where we choose to do something. And this morning I've titled my message, Reason and Response. And we're talking about um, this idea that Paul writes to the Ephesian church and he is writing to them. And he's talking about good reasons of why and how they would know more of who God is. And so this morning we're going to open up in Ephesians 1 verses 15 to 23. It says, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. This idea of reason, the reason why we do what we do, as I mentioned earlier, that there is only one reason why I went on that ride with my daughter, and that was because she was there and she wanted that. There are all kinds of reasons why we do what we do. I think of a swimmer who chooses to be able to get up at four o'clock in the morning or some crazy hour of the morning and rain, hail or shine, cold weather, hot weather, they actually choose to get in their bathers and swim. There is this reason, this compelling reason why they do that, what they're wanting to achieve. And ballet dancers, and there's this, I'm not sure if you've ever seen images of ballet dancers' feet. Has anyone seen this? And they they know very, very well that going into this idea of wanting to be a ballet dancer and do all their, their, their twirls and their pirouettes, is that what they call them? Um, I'm looking at Shawnee, she's a dancer. And um, they're doing all these things and knowing very well that their feet are going to get destroyed in the process of all the dancing, twirling and all that they get to do. And there's actually a, um, a term for it, it's ballet dancers' feet, where they just munch their feet up really they're twirling on those toes and they're doing that to be the best dancer that they can be they have a great reason why knowing very well they're going to destroy their feet but they continue to do that a chef who will um, choose to go into this profession 
to say that weekends, night work, special occasions, Christmas, Mother's Day, Father's Day, all these occasions, that they choose to be working in those places, to be able to create moments that other people will enjoy because of their passion, their reason why they want to do it. This understanding of reason, the reason why we do what we do, it is this strong reason that would, would cause us to be able to go in the direction of what is behind that reason why. What we hold strong in our hearts will actually take us in a direction. I call it the reason and gravity that, you know, that reason will pull us to a specific thing. Now, for Chantel with the, the rise, she would have been contemplating all these things and, and very cleverly not telling us all these things. And she works out a reason how she can get there because her, she wanted to be a part of something. There is this gravitational pull that will come that will cause us to pull in the directions of where we're heading. Last week, Pastor Dean talked about um, being on target being fully focused in um, what we're about, staying true north to where we're going, on the mission and as followers of Christ, that we would stay focused, that we would stay on target, that we would not be pulled left or right and, and go in any other direction other than to be on mission as followers of Christ Jesus. He also talked about um, Obi-Wan somebody. I think he's maybe one of our staff members. I'm maybe just you know, going to be offside at Orion. I don't know who this guy is, but I'm looking forward to staff training and meeting him. It'll be great. There is a gravitational pull. There is, for each one of us, these reasons that we would have. For many of us, we'll go into our Monday of being able to do what we do. But as we, we look at this morning, and as um, Fiona had mentioned earlier about this, taking these moments, these Selah moments, these pausing moments, these moments of better than that sip of coffee or tea or whatever you do in the first thing in the morning, to be able to stop, to be able to reflect, to be able to take in that deep breath, to say, God, none but you, Jesus. There is none but you, Jesus. For each one of us as followers of Christ, that this morning, despite the very fresh, chilly morning, that there is a good reason why we didn't choose to go out for breakfast or stay in bed or do um, whatever else we could be doing on a Sunday morning. But there is this reason why we get up. Why we want, <laughs> Siri's talking to me over there, I love it. Um, yeah, Siri, you know, she wants, also wants to be in church, always the um, great timing. There is that reason why we chose to be able to say that on a Sunday morning that we're going to choose to come and to be able to gather, to be able to worship God, to be able to put God first in our week, that we want to prioritise those times. There is that reason behind that, why we do that. And you might be here this morning and it's like, the reason why I did that because someone dragged me here. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> I'm so glad that you are here. That whatever the reason why, that we chose to come and be a part of this. Paul writes this letter to the, to the Ephesus church here. 
and he writes this with this idea that he wants to write this prayer to this church to be able to uh, say to them that this church has a faith, they're an early church, they're, they're going on in their faith journey and he writes to them with this prayer to say, my prayer is that you will be enlightened that you would know more of who God is, that you would understand how high, how wide is his love for you, that he writes to the church with this uh, reminder and this idea of who God is for them, who God is to them, that they would be woken up a little bit more to who God is in their life, that he writes to them, he needs this understanding that there is this power of God that is at work, who has raised Christ from the dead, who we have access to today. He's like, I want to remind you, church, that you might feel like you are defeated by the enemy, but let me remind you that the power of God who has defeated death itself is at work for us today. That is the reason why we're able to hit the road running, when things seem like they're coming up against us. That is the reason why we get to move in walk and stride, not just enduring it, but we do it with a love, a joy and a hope because why? Of what Christ has done for us. That we walk a different walk. We should be seen in a different way. Why? Because we have the power of God at work in us. That we have the power of God available to us if we choose it. So Paul writes to the church and he says, this is the reason why. This is the reason why that your hearts would be enlightened by who God is. And so this morning for us, church, I'm not sure where your walk is. I'm not sure what your days are looking like, but for today that we would have a greater understanding that our hearts, and I pray this for my own life, would be enlightened to more of who God is. Whether you have been dragged in here or asked to come, whether you're new on this faith journey, whether you've walked for many years with God, we have yet to scratch the surface of who God is. We have yet to understand just how much of God's love is for us. And so this morning we, we, we come and we gather. And on a Sunday we gather and it just scratches the surface. When we get to be able to be in this space to understand a little bit of who God is. That my prayer would be that we wake up and on a Monday through to a Sunday, that each day that we are leaning in to understand who God is more of who he is, that we would pray that prayer that God enlighten my heart that I might know you a little bit more today. Enlighten my heart, Lord God, that I would see, Lord God, the God of creation, of all creation, of the universe, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, that Jesus, show me a little bit more of who you are today, that you would enlighten me, that that reason why it has gravity, it pulls us, it pulls us because what we do understand is that this world will also pull us in a direction. The world will also take us to a place that actually wants to pull us away from the things of God. That, that reason why we need to understand in our lives, to be able to understand and know how big God is in our lives. So then when the things of this world will come and pull us away from that, we stay on target and on focus in that space of who God is. Because God in all our walks, whether they're good, bad or indifferent, 
that he is never changing. He is always the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. That he doesn't change, although our circumstances change. He is never changing. So this morning I asked the question, how strong is your reason? Why you follow God? How you follow God? Not just in these moments, these amazing moments of gathering on a Sunday, but for the Monday through the Saturday, through our working places where things can get a bit rough and tough at times, that we would hold on to knowing who God is, knowing that he is never changing and knowing that he is always at work and available for us. You see, when Paul is writing this to the church and he writes with that statement, for this reason, he writes that numerous times through his letters. He writes this on many occasions where he's writing and starting this letter to churches. And if you know the story of Paul, you know the story that he has changed from the reason why he does what he does now to what he was. Because he was once, if you don't know, as um, a follower, he was all up against persecuting the church. That Paul himself was one that would want to stop the work of God, be able to persecute the church, be able to come against and destroy the work of what God was doing. And he met God and encountered God and his heart and his life was enlightened to who God is and the love of Christ for himself. In Galatians, it talks about how he had this encounter with God. And although God met him on that road, he knew from the beginning of before um, Paul was born that he had a plan and a purpose for Paul's life. So if you're in this room and you're like, yeah, my life's far from God, I'm, I'm just on this road that isn't lining up to the things of God. God has the power to enlighten our hearts. God has the power to be able to come and meet us where we're at. As we open our lives to him, as we encounter him, that he is all-powerful to change someone's life. Do we agree with that? We agree with that. So Paul, where he was against the church, against the work of God, against anyone that was trying to advance God's church, God captures his heart. He captures his heart. And now he says to the churches, as he's writing, he says, for this reason, he goes, I've encountered who God is. God has loved me even when I was not loving his church. God has been with me even though I was up against everything he was about. And he saw me, he encountered me, he changed my life. And now for this reason, I am going to be all about, sold out for the things of God. And he moves and he, so when he's talking to the church here and he's talking and praying about this idea for this reason, it comes fueled with an encounter of what Paul has had with God. It has come from a place of experience of who God is. And my prayer is that for us this morning, that as we open our hearts to God, my prayer is that we would encounter who God is a little bit more. My prayer is that my heart, that your heart, that everyone who is watching online, that we would encounter 
our living God. That this wouldn't just be I'm here as another Sunday. But I'm here, God. May I see more of who you are. May I know a little bit more of who you are. May I understand a little bit more of that power that is at at access to me and through me. That Jesus, that is in your mighty name. So then Paul has this understanding of the reason why. He gets it. He lives it. He is sharing that with all those people to encourage them. And that he is spreading that. That good news to all that he comes into. The enlightenment of God, I pray, is something that we would experience and know a little bit more of. To be able to know his work in us and through us. I remember as a child there, um, I'm from a family of six. And there was mum, dad, six kids, my auntie and my cousin and we all live in the same house. And um, it, I think I remember this picture right, but I can't be sure. There were six beds, at least six beds in one room. So it was always like being on camp. It was always like being on camp in the rooms. And my dad, um, as a practice, he were, we would all have to do the Lord's Prayer. So we'd have to kneel down by our beds, do the Lord's Prayer every night. And there's always someone in the family, right, that makes everyone else laugh and we all get into trouble. Um, there's always that. My brother was very key for that every single night. And so there was this reason why. And I talk about the reason why. So the moments of when we would do the Lord's Prayer as children. The reason why we were doing that was because our dad was telling us to do it. Good process, know the Lord's Prayer well. But then there's an enlightenment of actually not just doing something, but actually knowing God himself. There is something where we we can read and know the Bible well, but then also to be enlightened by actually the love of God for our lives. And I pray that 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 presence of God and our reason why and that out of response of knowing a God who loves us and is for us, that out of that overflow of who he is, that we then go into our weeks. As we go through our daily lives, what um, we may feel from time to time is that some days we don't feel terribly blessed. Do we ever have days like this? Just me. Some days, you know, things don't go good. Things are going a little bit cray-cray out of, out of um, ordinary. Things are just up in the arms. It's just not going good. Paul doesn't leave it up to our imaginations here where he talks clearly about regardless of how our days are going, regardless if there's a big black cloud looming over our head, regardless of whether we're in the valley or on the mountaintop, that the blessings of God are never changing. The blessings of God are always there, that he is saying that regardless of where you are today, whether you're feeling like you're having a terrible day and you're feeling like there is no blessing left here, regardless of that, that as over here Paul's encouraging the church, that the blessings of God are always available. Always available. Through every season of life, they are always available, never changing. That the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, that we are blessed beyond measure 
of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit presence among us. That he, Paul prays here, that we might comprehend exactly how wide and love, wide is the love of God for our lives. That we would know that riches and the power of God in our lives. Over here, he also talks about our hope. That it is built on the promises of which is in Christ Jesus. That we need to know that our spiritual future is not based on the promises of God and find strength and courage and hope that not is in tomorrow, not is when the storm leaves, but that is in the present and this moment. That the hope of God is not for just for tomorrow or season, but it is here and available today. To understand and embrace that that hope that is in this present living, it is in for us and with us today. Paul also writes about to know these future riches, to be able to, it is tempting for us sometimes to be able to focus in on what is the lack or what is um, the need or what we haven't got. But Paul talks here these challenges that uh, may pull our focus away, that actually that to be able to focus in, that God's promises are always there, that they are always with us, they are always available to us, and that he prays that we would know that God's richness in our life. Our response for the reason of, and then we have that reason to respond. That knowing who God is and how we respond to God. In the different letters of what Paul writes, he talks about for this reason. In Ephesians 3, he talks about for this reason I bow before the Father. There are different responses of what we have in terms of who God is. There is responses that um, actually there is no part of God responding in this moment because I'm so angry at this certain person. And we respond in a way that actually we're away from God. But then we, this response to who God is, that he is almighty God, that he is creator, maker of all of heaven and earth, that as we put him in his rightful place, that he is high and lifted up in our life, that as our hearts connect with his heart, as our eyes and our hearts are enlightened to who he is, our response in our days, in our family, in our friends, in our workplaces, should reflect how big God is in our life, right? It should reflect a little bit differently on how we respond. It should reflect a little bit different on the love that we get to give to those around us. That is in that response of our hearts that are enlightened to who God is. And I'd love to pray for us this morning and pray for anybody that would like that prayer as Paul prays it to the Ephesian church. I'd love to pray it for anybody here this morning. Anybody who would say that, Michelle, include me in this prayer, that my heart would be enlightened a little bit more to the things of God, that I would know a little bit more of God's power and love in my life. And if you would like that, I'm just going to ask you to stand where you're at. If you would like this prayer, that my heart would be enlightened to more of who you are, God.
Lord, I pray. Lord Jesus, I just pray firstly for anyone that they pray to you, God, but they haven't yet heard your sort of voice in their their lives. Lord, I pray that, that Jesus, that there would be an opening of ears, an opening of their hearts, Lord God, where your Holy Spirit would speak, where they would understand and grasp that, Lord, it is your voice that is speaking to them. Lord, I pray that you would open every ear, Lord, that we would hear you more, whether it's for the first time, whether it's for many times, that Jesus, that we would hear clearly the voice of you, Jesus. Lord, for our hearts, that we would perceive and know, Lord God, a little bit more of your love. God, for someone here this morning and they feel like they've been away from you, that Jesus, no one is too far from you. There is there's no one too far and away from your hand. And I pray that Jesus, that your love, Lord God, would surround, would capture their hearts. Lord God, would draw them back to yourself. And I pray this prayer as Paul prayed for the Ephesians church. That Lord, for every one of us that is standing, Lord God, we want to know you more. We want to see you more. We want to grasp, Lord God, a little bit more of your love of who you are for our lives. Lord God, enlarge in our hearts and our our eyes, Lord God, to see you at work. So Lord, I pray as Paul prayed. I keep asking that the Lord, that God, our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Lord God, may you show us your revelation of who you are so that you may know him better. I pray that our eyes of our heart would be enlightened in order that we may know the hope to which you have called us to, the glorious riches and inheritance that we have as your holy people and are in his comparably great power for all of us who believe. Lord God, that same power that raised Christ from the dead, Lord Jesus, may we have, Lord God, the confidence, the walk, Lord God, that displays your power in our life. Jesus, I pray for any person where our reasons, Lord God, have been just a little bit shifted in different directions. Lord, I pray that reason why Lord God, that you would become so big in our lives, that you would become, Lord God, that very target that we go after, that, Lord Jesus, that you would move in our hearts, align us to the things of you, Jesus. Move in our hearts, Lord God. Lord, because you are great and you are mighty. Lord, you know the plans and the purposes for each one of us. May that be made known to us, Lord God, that we would walk in the ways that you're calling us. Great are you, Lord. Mighty are you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. And God, we pray that you would have full access to us. In our hearts, surrender. Lord God, may we worship you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.